If you have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. To sign up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Have you subscribed to FTF Magazine yet? FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today. challenge talk part of the geocache talk network you can watch the show live on the first sunday of each month feel free to jump over to youtube facebook or twitter to watch the broadcast live and join the wonderful and active chat room or listen to the entire show later on your favorite podcast player tonight in this episode we have some special guests to help us talk about creating reward challenge projects we also have some prizes to give away each show to our listeners between each show, be sure you email your challenge cash finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. And later in the show, we'll also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, The Wheel of Challenges. So listen live, get your email app ready, and follow the instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize. And at the end of the show, we'll highlight some of the challenge caches that you have found, and someone will win our coveted monthly giveaway. All right. But well, we're going to start out differently this month. Um, yeah. We've got a spe uh, an extra special guest that wants to talk about an event that's up and coming very soon. And uh, the BE Viking is here tonight. So welcome, Brian. Welcome. What do you got for me? Well, I wanted to come on and promote uh, Texas Challenge. It seems like it's the named appropriately for y'all's podcast. Yeah. Um, Texas Challenge this year is going to be March 15th through the 19th. And Longview, Texas, which is deep in the heart of East Texas. If you're uh, not familiar with East Texas, it's very different from the rest of Texas. Lots of pine trees, lots of trees, um, famous for oil and lumber. So... Uh, it's about 30 minutes out of Shreveport and about two hours out of Dallas. So we would love to have you come. Uh, Texas Challenge is the oldest mega. It was the first mega event and is also the longest running continuous mega event. So this will be our 21st year. And uh, there's really kind of two elements around it. It's, it's mostly about uh, the challenge, which is Saturday's primary event where teams from each of the regions of Texas compete against each other to see who can find the most caches in the shortest amount of time. And it's about three hours, so a timed event. And then there's an individual challenge where individuals compete against each other by age group to see who can find the most caches in the, the shortest amount of time. Uh, we welcome people from outside of Texas as well uh, the last couple of years, we've had a number of international participants and people from a number of different states. So we'd love to have you all come and get some East Texas uh, hospitality. That sounds great. Do you have a GC code for us, Brian? I do. It is GCA0HET. All right. That sounds like so much fun. You know, being a part of this network, I've heard so much about it over the past few years. It's definitely something to put on my list for the future. Absolutely. I can't, I can't make it next week. Sorry. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you can't make it this year, it's always about the same time, about the second or third week of March. Next year we'll be in North Texas. So a little bit closer to DFW. And I would love to have an out of state team compete and uh, steal the ammo can from Texas. That would be awesome. That sounds fun. All right. There you go. There's a challenge for us. <laughs> Awesome. I like that. We have another challenge competition up in this area, and the outstate winners have won it like twice in a row. So it's down in Ohio. So that'll be fun. We can uh, we can definitely do that. Awesome. 
we'll come back and promote that. Give the all a little bit more time to, to get ready and get a team together. All right. That sounds great. Well, there you go. So cool. Brian. All right. Well, thank you, Brian. Appreciate that information. Thanks for having me on. Hope to see everyone out. Cash in soon. Okay. Enjoy the event. All right. And then Emily, we got something else to talk about from Memphis, right? We got, is there another button to hit? Um, are you talking about a clue or you want to oh, share the Oh, sorry. Clue no, I was going actually, <laughs> I was going for. I'm learning. There I'm learning how go. to push good buttons. Job, Very good. <laughs> so the vault. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Rumor has it that we're going to talk about a key tonight. Yeah. And um, all right. A couple of spoilers for our audience. Number one, I don't do Facebook. So <laughs> I, I have no idea what's going on out there. But a little bird told me that key number nine which is out everybody has kind of pinpointed that to be in south carolina what do you have to no. say to no wrong <laughs> no not in south carolina so all of you guys that know it's definitely in south carolina i can tell you it's definitely not in south carolina all right all right so we'll, we'll get that bird right out of the way okay but a special shout out to john because john's been uh, the pizza ninja he's feeding me information from facebook so i can hear what's going on but there is something that we were going to talk about tonight although very briefly and it was this Ooh. so we'll throw this up on the screen we'll leave it here for a couple of seconds for people to see did everybody get a chance to see that real fast <laughs> You know what's going on with it? We can't leave it too long. Oh, but, man. Uh, um, our something audio about a clue like, that was supposed to come out happened? tonight. <laughs> so we have this clue. It looks like another clue for Key 9. A classic D&D &D character passes nearby. And we have um, several pictures of characters. And I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't know D&D. <laughs> well, D&D stands for Dungeons and Dragons. All right. So I can't say a lot more, but add that up with the rest of the clues and you should be pointed in the right direction. Maybe, okay. maybe not. Good luck, Keynine searchers. Good luck, everybody. And on I'll the tell you what, you guys who are solving these puzzles are just amazing. Some of you are solving them in minutes <laughs> or moments, and I am very impressed. Um, I'll tell you what, it has been so hard to come up with puzzles that are hard. I want to make it harder and harder and I get an idea and I want it to be harder. And, you know, so whew, I feel like we have our work cut out for us just writing these puzzles. Um, and then you guys hopefully have your work cut out for you. So it's fun. So there's 10 puzzles. 10 puzzles have been released. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's one key that hasn't been released yet. Yeah, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> and seven of them have been found already. So, yeah. uh, so there's more. There's more to find. There's more coming out. And uh, you know, as we normally talk about, you know, some of the intro tidbits and stuff, we've got some other guests in the room. Um, let's dispense with some of that stuff. Let's just bring them in, shall we? Let's do it. All so, right. Welcome, Socks and Amanda. Hi, everybody. Hello. Our um, guests for the show tonight, and welcome. Do you guys know much about our keys? Have to be honest to say no. Okay, no. you're going to have to uh, check out what you're missing. Join our Cash Fest Vault Facebook group. Everyone who's listening should join that group. We'll have links in the show notes. That's where we are releasing all of our puzzles for 45 keys over the next few months. If someone, if you find a key, um, bring it to Cash Fest in Memphis to try your key for opening the vault, which will have hundreds of dollars of prizes in it. Challenge yes. Talk alone is donating $100 in, in uh, gift cards, not to mention every other show and all the other swag, physical swag that'll be in there. So everyone check this out there could be a key hidden near you there could be a key hidden where you are willing to drive to we've seen lots of people making some uh, midnight runs for keys it's so much fun to follow the action so yeah stay tuned for more puzzles 
There you go. Yeah, each of our each of our shows, every host got five keys. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got nine hosts in the in the field. So you can do the math. Forty five keys to come out. One of them's a big winner. All of them mm-hmm. will win something. And, right. Uh, if you bring a key to Cash Fest, you will get a prize. Yeah, and the and the prize vault just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like so Emily cool. said, we've got five shows, so we've got $500 in gift cards that are going in. I know there's some books. I know there's some coins. So it's it's really sweet. Yeah, it's great. Cool. But we wanted well, to talk about to a different powder. kind of challenge, right? Yeah, for sure. So tonight's, uh, tonight's topic, Socks and Amanda, we're going to talk about the kind of challenges that you are known for creating. And it's, it's like ch- challenge adjacent. We definitely call them challenges, but yeah, we, we want to talk about that. Um, and so, but first, Stocks and Amanda, for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about who you are, when you started caching, where you're at, all that good stuff. All right, well, uh, I'm Socks. I'm Amanda Amanda. <laughs> and, um, and he hates when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it just, it's so funny. Well, somebody's got to be and Amanda. It's either right? socks and, or it's and Amanda. I tried the socks and thing, which I think bugs him even more. So either is good. Either is good. It works. So we've been caching since um, 2012. We actually just celebrated our 10 year anniversary last year. Um, we just really love like the challenge aspect of things and fell in love with geocoin challenges. Um, so we used to be down in Southern Oregon, but we recently made a move up to Seattle. So we're now up here getting acclimated to everything in Seattle and kind of just finding our way, uh, with things up here. And, um, yeah. So other than that, like we just, we love to set up events where we, we love to put on challenges and to just really try to bring the community together and give them something to work towards. Awesome. And you were really instrumental in creating Southern Oregon geocaching group, correct? While you were in Southern Oregon? Correct. Yeah. Once, uh, when I graduated from Southern Oregon university with my bachelor's degree, I, I wrote my kind of my, my, business plan on a nonprofit geocaching organization because it was something that I had a passion for. And so after I graduated, I, I ended up turning it into a reality and we started Southern Oregon Geocaching as a 501c3 nonprofit to work with the community and really try to, you know, be able to give um, people something to look forward to and in a place that they could come to and see like what was going on in Southern Oregon. And, you know, we, we just, have always loved just bringing people out to do stuff. Like it's just teaching and and sharing. And we kind of started out um, setting up events and really trying to work with kids and and bring like the younger people in. Um, We would go to schools and kind of talk about geocaching 101 and like what it was about. And then it just kind of evolved from there into more, more events, more working with the community, more partnerships. And um, we just, we just kind of went from there and we we were hooked with geocoin challenges because who doesn't love earning a geocoin after right. a challenge? I mean, right. I'm a huge collector and it was one of those things that I was like, well, if I can't go all over to get all of these geocoins and finish these challenges, how about we start some of our own? Because then we get to control the coins and we get to make the designs and we get to just have the say in everything and really try to bring those people to our area and let them explore and, you know, see what we have. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And I definitely was a beneficiary of your hard work. And so overall, I have earned this box of coins. But in addition to that box of coins, I have earned this many coins because of Socks and Amanda. And that is just like, look at that, guys, because of all of their hard work. And we'll get into talking about how they do it, including um, Socks. I think you might agree this is one of your most epic coin creations. Um, I'm going to get this wrong. What is this called? Oh, it's the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. The Infinity Gauntlet. That's right. So this was a prize 
one year for one of your uh, challenges. Uh, well, I didn't so realize how it. special that one was. Um, I yeah. got to meet Sox and Amanda a couple of years ago with the Geocaching Organization of Organizations. And for the 20th anniversary, we did an event in Washington where we got all the organizations together and, and both of them were there and they had this really cool coin and they wanted one of our Michigan geocaching organizations, 20 year coin, but he didn't want to buy it. He wanted to trade it. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, what do you got to trade? And he had that gauntlet and I was like, that's it done. We're over coin for coin. Yeah. yeah. yeah that was by far my favorite coin to design, to put together and to really like offer to everybody just, it was an idea that I had for years and I just, I really wanted to, to see it come to fruition. And so it was, it, yeah, it's by far my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's well done. And, and so many of these coins are well done. Um, we have a, a, a footprint. Um, this one is just great details, details for the, uh, the um, bottom of the shoe that says uh, geocache uh socks this is another one of my favorite this um map the oh. scroll map oh yeah those um, last years yeah so you you guys have helped create a lot of cool things so we'll get into all of this in in tonight's topics for the sake of the show we called it reward challenges but yeah socks you really brought um the coins as the rewards in in most cases yeah i mean it's it's something that i love like chasing after and collecting and i mean you know who doesn't love, you know, to have something big and hefty to be able to take home with them after completing a challenge. So it's, it's by far my favorite reward to give out, you know, for challenges. Yeah. So let's define it. What is, what is a reward challenge? Basically a reward challenge is just, you know, a set of caches um, that we kind of put together for people to go out and find. And once they find all of the caches in that, challenge they get to earn their coin so we started out you know kind of like small 10 caches or so and then we've just kind of worked it up from there because the uh population has grown and as more and more people got interested so we wanted to kind of you know sparkle up the rewards and fancy up our coins rather than just round ones here and there and you know i i just i wanted to make things different so it really made people want to come to these challenges and, and earn their coin yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people at this point are familiar with geo tours and a lot of geo tours have a, a coin prize at the beginning of them or so. Um, and so this is different from a geo tour. A geo tour is a official HQ um, connected tourism board, likely sponsored type of set of geocaches um, that people are finding there's a souvenir connected to finding all the caches on a digital geocaching souvenir. So those are official, like long-term tourism things. I think what I've seen from you is a lot of short-term, whether it's as limited as one day or until um, prizes run out type of challenges. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we've run both types of those where... Um it's really just dependent on like the sponsorships and some of those things that we've, we've been able to, you know, procure for our, our challenges. Um, a, a geo tour, you know, does cost a, a significant amount of money to, to put out there and to make it really official to, you know, be on the website and things like that. And where we were in Southern Oregon, it was just kind of harder trying to garner that, you know, support in the beginning. So we started out with just small challenges, you know, with like a hundred coins the first couple of years or whatever, because it was just limited by what we could, you know, the support we could get at that point. So we also did some that were, yeah, one or two day events. If there was like a big event going on in town, um, like you came down for the Medford Comic Con for a couple mm -hmm. of years when we put on that one. We also worked with a few other nonprofits that had like um, just one or two day events where we had a limited amount of coins. So I mean, it really just depends on the backing and, and things like that, that that we could get for it. So, like I said, being that we were in such a small area there in Southern Oregon, we were trying to grow things as much as we could. And we had an aim to turn things into a geo tour at some point. But, you know, things changed and now we're out of the area. So we just hope to keep doing what we can do where we're at. 
Yeah, so that brought um, two different thoughts I want to um, talk through. One of them is like, what does this even look like? You know, a geo tour is straightforward. You're going, you're going out, you're finding X number of caches to complete the tour. So what are you having someone do to complete a reward challenge? Basically the exact same thing. We would create a passport for them that had all the list of the caches that they needed to go out and find. Um, we would ask questions on them to make sure that they actually went out and visited those caches. I mean, very similar to a geo tour. I mean, it really was, you know, part and parcel, the same thing as a geo tour. It just wasn't sponsored by, you know, Groundspeak, and we didn't have the full support like that just because we didn't have that kind of uh, revenue or, or income to put towards it. So, I mean, it was set up exactly the same way with a number of caches to go out and find. And then once everybody found them, they could turn their passport in and receive their coin. Cool. And I know like some of the questions were what color is the container or what shape is the cache, you know, if we're thinking like a pine cone or a rock. Um, and then uh, for some challenges, you've had all geocaches or a combination of geocaches and adventure labs. And then some you've had like virtual locations and not to be confused with a virtual cache because we don't have those to hide on a regular basis, but you're, you're taking them somewhere to learn a piece of information from the location, like a virtual cache would, correct? Right. So we'd like to kind of deem them as temporary caches there you go so they were they were just meant to yeah you know take somebody to a place that maybe there was already a cache established at that location so we couldn't hide a new cache there but there was some sort of historical significance or something that we still thought out of towners or or even you know locals might not know something about it so we wanted to take them out to these places um just get people out in the community to, to see certain things you know for us, it was going to like out to the table rocks and seeing some just amazing sites like that, that some people, you know, take for granted when you live in an area and you see it kind of every day. So it's, it's fun to get back out there and, and see these places. And sometimes, you know, you just due to the rules and things, maybe you couldn't hide a cache at a certain place. So by using one of those temporary ones, we could have them go and, and ask a question that they could answer about a sign or maybe something they had posted in a window. Um, but, but to still, you know, have them visit locations. Um, and it also helps with upkeep. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there too. Cause um, when you go out and hide like 22 caches, you know, physical caches, like I'm pretty sure we did for 2022's challenge. Um, it, it's, it can be hard to keep or, you know, to do the upkeep on those things when they are all physical cash containers and you know because how often does one go missing or you know get muggled and all of a sudden you've got all these people writing the log saying it's not here we can't finish the challenge we can't do this so right yeah, um, that's a really good point you know we can't finish the challenge is a huge stressor on the people who have traveled to the area to do it so yeah. you would put out new new caches for all of these challenges and right you wouldn't use existing caches that were out there correct I always okay. like to put out brand new caches so people would earn new smileys while they were out doing the challenge, you know, cause I mean, what really entices like the locals who've maybe already gone and done all these caches. I mean, other than a geo coin, of course, but it's, right. it's not exactly the same. I think when you know that you're going out to do a challenge and you're going to earn, you know, X amount of new smileys for the day. Cause that always looks good on your profile too. So. Right. And you know, I, you, you typically have a launch day, whether, whether it is a single day event, you know, today only like Comic-Con, you can, you can only have Comic-Con related things when Comic-Con is going on, but you know, you guys would have a launch event and the, and the smileys to get as well. So if people were able to come on that first day and sometimes you had a two day, you know, opportunity, um, yeah, that's even another, another chance for gathering and smileys and fun. Right. I mean, that's, that's one of those big things. Like I, I just love the events and bringing people together. So having a big kickoff like that, where you can just get, you know, the excitement from the whole crowd and you get to see everybody that's coming out to support this. And again, that's just one more smiley that they can earn, you know, an event cash. So, um, it just really added to it where you can explain things, you can have a table, that you know can help people, especially brand new people. We always try to you know encourage the community, whether you're a geocacher or not, come out and learn about it 
and you know what better way than to to go home with a coin once you've finished right yeah. right yeah that's a good point you know i'm sitting here with my experiences but you know to share what that felt like as a participant you know i would come to launch day whether it was a gathering in the park because it wasn't affiliated with an event or you guys would have a booth at comic-con or at um the sanctuary one um event which is a local animal rescue you know i i think do i have that right yeah. <laughs> in in medford area and um so you guys had a booth so not only was i just coming to my booth to pick up my passport to to get out there on the trail but you're introducing geocaching to all these passers by some of them getting hooked to give it a try right now with this challenge yeah the fun thing about things like uh, medford comic-con or the medford pear blossom where they're yeah, one or two it. day events um, is that you get the chance to see all of those people that are coming not necessarily for geocaching like they they might literally know nothing about geocaching so we're explaining it as this really cool treasure hunt that they can do you know within an hour while they're on the site for this other thing that they came to do and so by making it you know easy easy ish for people like that it was great to kind of get them hooked on the game and you know let them know that this is something that's done all over the world wherever you travel like check it out it's a pretty cool thing right and for medford comic-con um if i recall right we were simply walking through the booths of comic-con now the booths are in multiple buildings and multiple levels of the library and outside and inside you know so we were exploring excuse me every part of the of the event so we were enjoying that too and so, yeah, it, this could be a potentially really easy thing for someone to get into. But then other days, it wasn't associated with something like that. So, yeah, um, you might not have a passerby join us on launch day and, and know what it's all about, unless you got really lucky maybe at the park. Yeah, we try to do a lot of like the, you know, Facebook Live and, and things like that to, to really kind of put it out to the community and have other members of the community do the same thing, you know, tell their friends about it, share it, because maybe you don't know about geocaching but we want you to come learn about it so you know word of mouth spreads you know pretty good but um events like that it, it is a little bit harder to get like those passerbys if there's nothing else really going on mm -hmm. so we try you know try to rely on just everybody else sharing and social media to get more interest yeah and we do have a good question based on something you said um direwolf asked do you have a minimum number of fines people have to find to qualify on the passport or do they have to find them all followed by especially if some are missing what are what are we doing here you know so if we're imagining what doing this ourselves in our area what do you do you want to hit that no okay um <laughs> normally we would set up something like 20 you know, 20 caches to go out and find. And so we did, we do try to require all of them to be found unless of course they would get reported as missing. A lot of times during the kickoff day, if we did have something go missing, we were quick to jet right out and replace it that day just because we knew we had so many people um, out looking for it. Other times if, if they went missing or something, we would just, you know, we'd want those people to contact us and let us know that we can't find it or it's not here. And it's one of those things that, you know, we'll give them a mulligan and say, that's okay. Or other times we might say, find another cache and then fill in the GC code of the, the other cache you went and found just so you went and got another smiley for it. Yeah. And that's really sweet. I'll have to say as a participant, and I, I haven't been able to make every launch day. And then even another one, like the Roseburg Parks and Rec, you guys are very familiar with that in Roseburg, Oregon. I just earned this coin um, last weekend and it, last weekend was not launch day. And so I had to pick up my passport at a local hotel fill it all in and take it back to the hotel and i you know that person's not a geocacher behind the desk and i even had this one question and i put the wrong color i put a similar color and so the guy's looking at me and he's like um uh i guess i can take that and i'm like take it i want my coin you know <laughs> i even took a picture i can prove it you know so yeah um you know i i think sometimes that can be a, a stressor maybe on certain personalities you know when you go out to do a passport challenge yeah, a lot of times we would try to let, you know, the hotel or whatever business we were, you know, working with just give people grace, you know, for the most part. It doesn't have to oftentimes be exactly right word for word or like you said, the exact color. It's burnt sienna, not brown. Like 
come on, people. We were there. And so we would just tell them, you know, give them grace. As long as it's something close to it, they didn't just throw a weird word where you're like, what color is it? And they're like, pineapple. Like, that makes no <laughs> sense. You know, you're looking at a, a passport that just the words and things don't make sense. But we understand and we try to let them understand, you know, that there are times caches go missing and it's just something that we can't, you know, necessarily handle in that moment. And so just just have some grace with people and just be understanding for things like that. And so we never tried to make it like it has to be 100%. If they've missed it, send them back out in the field and make them go redo it because we're not going to accept it and give them their coin since they didn't do it word for word. Like the game is meant to be fun. It's meant to be something to get you out and enjoy it. Not have you go turn in your passport and, and look at it and go, this is wrong. You didn't do it right. You failed. Sorry. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a big deal for uh, if you happen to be colorblind, uh, if you're trying to get a brown thing or a yellow thing. All right. And, and some other Jim, Jim from uh, Ohio asked this one. We got to know. What's <laughs> the monkey? I was so excited to see this question. <laughs> if you have ever been to any of our events, you have met Pleplius, um, our traveling monkey. And the story, he does have a GC code. Um, but you can't see it here as we're hiding that. You have to come to one of our events to meet him. <laughs> to or get find us G somewhere. GC code. Um, Pleplius is actually a traveling companion that comes from the show Three Sheets, uh, which Zane is no longer Lamprey. on. Um, yeah, Zane Lamfrey. And the story behind Pleplius is um, he's a traveling companion. So Socks used to go and do geocaching, you know, trips without me sometimes. And, um, you know, I don't want him to be lonely or sad. So I got him Pleplius, the, the companion, our, our caching companion. And he's actually been in three different countries now. Um, mm -hmm. He travels with us everywhere. He's at every event. Um, yeah, so he's that's awesome. <laughs> traveling buddy when I can't be there, but he's really become like a part of the family. And he does all of the all of the, our caching events with us. Yeah, I've been out to dinner with socks and and the monkeys right there, you know, <laughs> and it's zipped up in his hoodie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's great. He's my favorite. I mean, other than her, of course. But. <laughs> well, I travel a lot on my own too, <laughs> and I know how uh, it can be lonely when you're away from your significant other, and uh, and so having the. <laughs> having your traveling companion with you is good so yeah and, and then there's question. that we see that other little guy hiding behind your shoulder oh, too yeah. we so all know who he is there too yeah so we have a, a quick question because i was mentioning hotels and events and such so when you have an event people can pick up the passport there but the event's over and so you find if there's more coins that can be earned later you find a host location where you can pick up passports and turn in passports for the prizes, right? Correct. We, you know, depending on who we worked with, like for six years, we worked with Central Point Parks and Recreation. And so they would often hold coins and passports there at their office. But of course, they're only open during business hours. So we wanted to find, you know, an off-site location that was available 24-7 to travelers or anybody who might finish, you know, at any time. So working with a hotel was the way that we went. Um and we learned that from other other um, geocoin challenges and things like that. So finding a, a hotel to partner with, so they would also hold on to coins and passports and be the location that people could go turn their stuff in um, after hours as yeah. needed. We also would try to put like a at times <laughs> when I could remember and put it out there, put a link on the cash pages and things like that, so you could go online to download the passport. Because a lot of times people who would be traveling from out of town, you know, after the event or something would want to get things mapped out because, you know, us geocachers, we want to be on top of things and have things ready to go and plot the most effective and quickest course to get us that geocoin as fast as possible. So we yeah. tried to have it out there online so it was available, but not until after our kickoff event because we didn't want people to have early access or anything like that. So, yeah, really, that's a great angle. Yeah. All right. So we want our audience to be able to replicate this if possible. And it doesn't have to be a coin prize. It could be any kind of prize, you know, path tags or whatever your local organization is into. But socks, 
how are you getting coins made for a hundred or two hundred people? I can't do that, or can well, that's, I? <laughs> that's where the partnerships, you know, with with like the Chamber of Commerce or your your local travel um, travel bureau, sort of, or or really any you know any organization or business that wants to like partner with you and who's willing to kind of back you know that expense. You know, if you can explain what you're trying to bring people in for and and what you know geocaching is all about and how it's going to bring people from all over the state, outside of the state, all over the place, and show them the benefit of it, we were able to get sponsors that then we were able to put on the coin itself. So if you look on a lot of our coins, I mean, it'll have the names of the sponsors mm -hmm. that we had because that's a big selling point when you're going to businesses and and you know, what do they get out of it? Well, you get your name on a coin. That these people are going to have forever and share with their friends and yeah. they're going to show it off they're going to take pictures so you're going to get your name out there you're going to get advertised so for us we would just try to go out and kind of get you know like smaller sponsorships you know a couple hundred dollars or something and and then as things grew we were <laughs> trying to get bigger sponsorships because we went from making 100 coins to 150 coins to 250 coins and you know just the increased cost along with the design and things like that. Um, but it was, you know, it was great when you could explain to these businesses and things like how these people were going to come in and, and benefit from this. And a lot of times, I mean, it really seemed like an easy sell sort of a thing when you could just say like, it's, it's going to bring people in and they're going to spend money in the local, you know, in the local area, whether it's food, gas, lodging, you know, if you have two day events and things like that, where you try to make a weekend out of it and get people to come in and, that's, you know, another one of those things working with the hotel, maybe get a discount code for the people who are going to come in. Like that's a, another way that gives them encouragement to be a part of it. Right. Have you ever encountered difficulty with working with sponsors as muggles? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it can be hard sometimes when you're trying to explain to people this is like a, you know, a scavenger hunt, basically. And they're like, well, what's in it for me? And um, but I think, you know, for us, at least doing as many geocaching 101 classes and as much as we've gone around and really tried to explain the game and tell people about it, um, it, it can be easy to turn those muggles into cachers or at least interested in wanting to know more about geocaching. So, I mean, it. I really feel like the game has evolved a lot and it's, it's made it a lot easier to where you can um, get people's interest in it as it keeps growing. Um, it was really fun, you know, living in Oregon and being able to tell everybody, Hey, this worldwide game started right here in Oregon. So that's a pretty, pretty cool thing to know that like it, it just started here and, you know, and it's now worldwide. So it's something that millions of people do. It's not just like, Oh, a couple of people in the community think this is a cool thing and we're trying to get money from you or something. But being able to have, you know, some demographic information also from the passports that then you can share with those businesses after the fact and, and be able to show them like we had 500 people come in. And of those, you know, 300 were out of towners that, you know, these businesses normally wouldn't get these this money from. But you're getting an influx of travelers. So you're seeing, you know, money come in for it. And that, that can be a big selling point for people who maybe aren't or don't know about geocaching, but they like money. Right. That's a good point. On every passport, you would have us fill in our name, our, um, our location, how we heard about the event, how many nights we stayed in the area. I don't know if it was always asked, but sometimes, you know, how much did you spend on your trip here today? You know, whether it was like, sometimes it was specific. How much did you spend in food here, you know, in our area? Yeah, so, oh, sorry. The muggles want to know, you know, that helps them. You give them some real data at the end of the event. Exactly. That was one of the big things working with like the Chamber of Commerce and, and the Parks and Rec Department who, you know, those people were willing to back us our first couple of years while we were growing. And, and being able to show them after the fact, if they're like, you know, yeah, we'll give you a thousand dollars for this, but kind of, you know, what data can you get to show us? And so being able to have that hard data and kind of crunch all the numbers and show, yeah, you, you sponsored us for a thousand dollars and of our passports, we're showing that we already brought in like $2,500 for one weekend and there's leftover coins. So we're advertising it. We're putting it out there all over the internet. 
and we're going to get more people coming in. So you'll just have that trickle effect continuing on until all the coins are handed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I think right. that's one of the big questions is that, you know, quite often we've been in the game for a long time. You guys have been doing this for a long time. It's old hat now, but let's put the Wayback Machine on that very first person, <laughs> you, the very first group. Who was that and how did you target them? Oh, man, that's funny. So you want to talk about that, actually? Yeah, so we were just talking about this today. Um, We started by going to a Chamber of Commerce greeters meeting. um, For new businesses. Just about every city has them. And that was a really nice way to get get businesses who had a vested interest in building community and introduce, you know, our elevator pitch. Here's who we are. Here's what we want to do. Here's what people are going to get. Here's what you and your business are going to get. And we would just go to these meetings and give our spiel. And that was a really quick and easy way. People came up to us afterwards and and right away. We're like, yeah, we're interested. Um, So that was how we first started to collect uh, interested people that wanted buy-in. And through that, we met um, what to do in Southern Oregon. And um, gosh, just like what a, what a community connector. Um, all of these people heard the idea, maybe didn't know about it, but saw our passion and saw potential. And that's how we just, we just got into those meetings. Actually, speaking of meetings, you had a funny story. <laughs> well, so the first time I, I, I mean, we had some, you know, we ran into some no's in the beginning when we would go to some of these places and try to explain it. And they were like, eh, I don't, I don't, I'm not so sold on this or whatever. And so it took a couple of times of, of hearing no and still wanting to like pitch this idea before we finally got our first yes. And that was through the Central Point Parks and Rec Department. And, you know, our very first year was really trial and error for us because we had only, you know, gone to other events or, or coin challenges really like a handful of times. We were still kind of new at the whole idea of it. But after we went and did it, like it, it hooked me really good. And I was like, I want to replicate this. I want to make this happen down here because I saw the fun that people had and, and the excitement that there that was there for it. And I wanted to make that, you know, in our area. So by, by going to the Parks and Rec Department, I was able to get their interest in it because they could see it was a community sort of event, that it was going to get people outdoors. They were going to go and do things. And the first person I worked with was a, a muggle beyond muggles who didn't know anything like at all, basically, about geocaching or whatever. And so the first year was kind of hard trying to get things set up because they had an idea of how it should go, but they didn't because they weren't geocachers. So, you know, what they wanted was kind of more like business oriented. And we were like, well, we can't do that per se, because you can't, you know, commercialize or advertise for these things, but we can try to find ways to incorporate it still. So there's a fine line in there between trying to like turn it into an advertising thing versus, you know, a community engagement and exploration thing. So um, it, a- after that first year, we had some new people come into the Parks and Rec Department. And when we kind of pitched it that second year, they were like, boom, we're on board 100%. You take care of it. We'll pay for what you need. Like, you guys just set it up and do it. And really, at that point, it was just on us to do it all. And that kind of that freedom that they gave us um, what, you know, was super helpful to be able to set it up by geocachers for geocachers. Right. Without a lot of that, you know, muggle input sort of a thing. When, and then we could just tell them afterwards, like, come to the kickoff event and see what it's all about. And after they did that, they fell in love with it. And so they, they were hooked at, you know, sponsoring for the next. Sure. Time. And they're seeing all of us flood in just for this. Yeah. And I think with your um, temporary locations, that could be a way to get around if you've got sponsors um you know especially if there's some kind of theme and you know it's bakery weekend or whatever you know going to the bakery and getting a code word versus you know we're not trying to hide a cache named after the bakery you know and and going against guidelines yeah that that kind of ties into the medford comic-con where you know all of those were basically temporary caches and we worked with the vendors there at medford comic-con So it was like a double interactive thing where 
like you said, you would go visit a booth that you maybe wouldn't go to before, but you'd go visit a booth, find a hidden geocache somewhere at their location that would have, you know, a sticker on the bottom that you'd fill out on your passport. So we were able to do that with other businesses too during other events where, yeah, you could go visit this business. It's a temporary location. And then it got, you know, it got boots in the door for them. So they got a lot of, you know, people coming in to see them and, you know, that they, they might not normally have. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. We've got Paul. I want saying... to shout out to Paul. I saw that comment. So happy you're here, Paul. It's good to see you. He's a huge, yeah. huge fan. And gosh, Paul has helped with so many events. And he's um, been the number one finder, I think, Couple for years. many events. So yeah. big. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's saying he's been to all of your events. Yeah, and they're lots of fun. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Um. Oh, I thought I had a question and I'm losing and I lost it. But I guess <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, there's there's a lot of us here tonight. You know, we could take this idea and go small to very, very large like you have. You know, you could have a simple event in your area with kind of a scavenger hunt type theme where you're you're getting these things and then you have, you know, prize drawings, you know. Or you could, like I said, you can have varying degrees of prizes or you can go as big as you can get with your sponsorship. So I think there's a lot of things. Even last year for Cash Fest, one of the Challenge Academy um, uh, ideas was completely based on one of these types of challenges where we had folks running around Shelby Farms, finding some kind of piece of information about the locations they were visiting to bring it back to us to earn a prize. So there's so many different ways to take the same kind of format and personalize it to whatever you're doing in your area. Yeah, we did that with uh, when we would go and visit, <clears throat> excuse me, um, schools and talk with like the younger kids. We'd actually set up like a little trial, you know, around the school for them to go out. And so we got to teach them GPS usage and nice. you know, input coordinates and then make a simple, you know, five stage challenge for them to go out and find and, and give them, you know, an opportunity to see what it's like, you know, on a smaller scale before trying to just jump into something big, because that that's something that can be a, a challenge for new people is when you've got a, a, you know, a coin challenge, that's 25 caches they have to go out and find, and they literally don't know anything about the game. So you're trying to explain it to them and, and tell them this is what you're going to do. And they look at it and go, I can't do that. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, we heard yeah. this. Before. Here, download this app and then do this and then navigate. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it can be it can be challenging at times when you're dealing with newbies or something like that. But, um, you know, we learned having a booth to talk about that sort of a thing or working with people to input coordinates their first time. Um, we had ideas for setting up, you know, a, a five stage adventure lab on site for a kickoff event that would teach people about the game before really sending them out to go do it on a larger scale. So at least that way they could get a small taste of it and say, yeah, I, I like this. This is a pretty fun thing, uh, you know, and letting them know you don't have to do the whole thing in one day. Like that right. was another big thing. Like it, you know, the one day versus the ongoing sort of a thing. Um, our, our Discover Central Point events were ongoing until all the coins were handed out. So oftentimes we would have coins, you know, left over for months and months and months. And you'd see those people that were like, I worked on one or two, you know, a day or a week or something. And now I'm finishing up. How awesome. And, you know, I look forward to next time. So, right. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Wow. That sounds like so much fun. I know I, I've loved all of your challenges. Um, I think it would be quite a challenge to put one on. Um, but we're we're trying to um, keep your legacy going down here in Southern Oregon, and we'll we'll see what we can do while in your absence. So thank you for everything. Say, so now that you're you up in us. Seattle, does that mean the challenges are over, or you? Uh, we okay. have some things in the works. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it somewhat vague for now. Just, all yeah. right, all right. Stay tuned. Okay. Love it. No spoilers. It. Gary's not around. No, <laughs> no spilling the beans. Yeah. Well, we are going to move on to our wheel of challenges. Um, we are moving on with a question related to our topic for, from tonight, related to Socks and Amanda. So 
To, as a reminder, one live viewer each month will be selected to face off against the wheel to have a chance to win a grand prize, which is a one-year membership on Project GC. And uh, we do have a limit of three lifetime wins. Um, but to enter, send an email with a subject containing spin me, followed by your geocaching username in brackets, and the answer to the following question. And the first verified user gets to face off against the wheel. So here's your question for tonight. And again, this is sending your answers to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com. So your question is, what geocaching organization did Socks and Amanda found and run for seven years? All right. So here they oh, we have another awesome thing here. Socks is great, but Amanda is our favorite from Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. Very sweet. So now we know where the name came from. <laughs> always. It's not a surprise. Always. That was something we didn't ask about was how you got your geo. Oh, yeah. What? That's a good point. Socks. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly. He's never met them. Never. Yeah. I, it, it was the thing that started in, in high school when I used to play baseball. I, I didn't <laughs> like stirrups. I, uh, I liked long, colorful, mismatched socks instead. And it just... It really stuck with me ever since then. And then I, I went to work for the YMCA where you had to have like a camp name. And I was like, oh, easy, socks. I'm like, it's already a nickname. It's already what people call me. So it's just something that I just, I've always done it. Whether I'm dressed up in fancy clothes, you know, going to something special, there's still going to be two long, colorful, mismatched socks. I've I've swam in my long socks before. <laughs> um, it used to be a thing where it was weird if anybody saw me without socks on. So it's like seeing Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, we do have our um, a correct answer, and that is from Bloody Cool. So we are going to spin our wheel and put um, Bloody Cool up against the wheel in whatever challenge is found. So here we go. All right, let's get a tough one for him. He's pretty good at challenges. Yeah. Come on, five. Five, five, five. What's it going to did, did it spin? I, I can't. It, it did spin, but I cannot tell if we landed on four or a four and a half. So let's click on it, the 500 fizzy grid squares, and see which one that oh, is. Oh, that's so a new one. I can't tell. Ooh. Oh, that oh, is one of our four difficulties. It's difficult. Landed on a four-star challenge. And it looks like Emily froze up again. All right. So this GC8EM0K, and it says you must have found a cache in a total of 500 grid squares. You can count up to 81 squares for each Canadian province or U.S. state. HDT grid square to contribute to this total must have at least one cash found. All right, so let's go over, use the Project GC checker, which is on all cash pages that are, that, are not, that are new. And let's run the checker. Boom, he qualifies. Ooh, all right. Awesome. He's got this a thousand and fifty-eight. Like yeah, and only in 500 were required. So yeah, Bloody Cool has um, more than doubly achieved this, if you can say it that way. And this checker's <laughs> nice. It's got some uh, visual components to show his progress there. So congratulations. Um, and uh, we'll uh, get you out that Project GC one-year membership. All right, and now we are going to move on to our monthly challengers. Every month we give a congratulatory shout out to listeners who email us proof of qualifying and logging a challenge cash since the last show. So anyone who sends an email to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com with the GC code and a found it log for the month will be entered into our prize giveaway for a challenge talk path tag. And uh, we want to show you guys that. Let me see. There is our new path tag. That is the prize that you are trying to win. Um, if you won one of our coins in the past, feel free to keep on um, sending in your challenges. We want to see you be able to win this too. So that is what um, 
everyone. Everyone who sends in a challenge is entered, even though we might not be able to get um, to your names right away. And so let's go to our first one. One second. Drum roll, please. <laughs> this is always the exciting part of the show when we uh, when we try to bring up live things. You're gonna do this. All right. Can't get this to pop up on the screen. What do we do to make this happen? I think I've almost got it, guys. There we go. The Frankenstein challenge. And so um, this was sent in by Starcasher. This is um, GC4JNFB. And to log this challenge, so this is an old one, can't be published anymore, but I still love uh, fun ones like this. I, I will still sit there and do my bookmarking work. And this is a challenge to collect 25 body parts to build your own monster. By collecting body part, you collect body parts by finding caches that have a body part listed in their title. And um, one of the things I liked about this challenge is that the owner has a lot of fun with it. So, um, you know, if you want your monster to have horns, claws, antennas, or tails, go on right ahead. So that's fun. Uh, spelling counts. Although most monsters have a butt, I've never seen one with a butt. <laughs> so yeah, I love I love a, a fun challenge like this. So thanks for sending that in. That's cool. And our second one comes from Over the Pond. So um, Will602 sent one in. This one's from the Netherlands. That's a, a Jasmine challenge. This has got a very interesting twist to it. So you only have to find the year 2021 to complete your Jasmine. January to December, but you have to find 21 so kind of like a in each month. Oh, wow. So there's your twist. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a very nice twist. So you really need 252 right. caches, I think, to get your 12, you 12 months in 2021. It was kind of a, a 2021 all the way around. So that very was a good. cool one. That is a cool cache. That's GC9KBG2. All right, this next cache is um, GC5KJKG, the Hiders ABCs, one, two, threes, and more. Retired Monkey Challenge number 82. So this is another um, older cache, and it is um, what makes it so hard is the special characters in the names. There we go, here it is, I'll highlight it. Um, Hyder's name, beginning with each letter of the alphabet, each numeric digit, and each one of these symbols. So I was really curious, I checked my progress and I definitely do not have all the symbols. So I think that one <laughs> makes this one a, definitely a notch harder. It is rated a difficulty four and a half. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. a that's a really hard challenge, especially with those special characters to lead off the cash owner's name. Right. right. I know a few. Oh, I know, I'm, I'm not sure I said that. Bloody later. cool sent that one in. Okay, we got a little bit more time. We'll do another one from Team Tailwagger. This one is GC One T X Y N, and it's a challenge of the century for one ones. So you only have to find one one caches, but you do have to find a hundred of them. And I don't know about out in the, the west side. <laughs> I know, just hanging around. It's it's just another monkey out there. Uh, Cecil EGCM is is hiding this one. <laughs> That's so crazy. out in Indiana. So I can find this one. This one's pretty close to my home area. And uh, All right. One ones are harder to find than you might think they are. A lot of people just go right to one and a half, one and a half, but uh, you need a hundred one ones for that. So thanks, Team Tailwagger. He said he has uh, over two hundred, so that he definitely qualified for that one. And then um, Zipper Tiff sent this one in. She was able to. Uh, 
um, find challenge for finding 500 in a day, GC35AV1. So really, really straightforward, but lots of work to get it done. <laughs> Holy moly, I don't know if I can do 500 in a day. I'm old. <laughs> I'm That's a lot. Socks, do you have it? I know we've talked about different power trails, but do you think you have it? I, I don't think I have 500. I think my max is like 462 or something like random like that. Oh, yes. Really? All right. New challenge for you. This one's GC 35 AV1. So yeah. see how many you can get today. Time to go to, where is it, Nevada for the ET Highway? Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yep. That's the easy way to do that one, I think. And our last one for the night is GC four zero BVM. This one in just in time, guys. What's that? EVM. Oh, I'm sorry. We must be talking at the same time. <laughs> I think we were. So GC forty BVM. <laughs> Variety is the spice of life. I like that. So 50, and, 50 yeah, consecutive days of finding fine. a cache, but a different cache on every day. And oh. you have to get different cache types throughout the 50. Right. So you can never, never qualify with two of the same types two days in a row. So you might go traditional, multi-traditional, multi-traditional, multi, but just as long as it's never two in the same yeah, but around. before the 50 days are up, you need seven different types. So you got to yes. have a where I go in there or you got to have a webcam or something special. Yeah, yeah that's events, a good one. That's a good challenge. Count. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's an older one, but still very doable these today. Awesome. So thanks, you guys, for uh, for sending all of those in. We love hearing from you and uh, uh, hoping to inspire everyone in our audience with uh, something else you can hide. So to re remember to enter for next month, send your email in before next month's show. And that's at challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com. And this month's winner is Team Towwagger. So congratulations, Team Towwagger. We'll get you, we'll get in contact to send you that path tag. All we need right. a cheering audience. Thanks, Sax. <laughs> Thank no you. Yeah. So we continue well, to want thoughts? feedback, 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 yeah. feedback. And we want your challenges. Um, there's a lot of challenges out there. We, we skipped some of those numbers at the beginning, but there's 314 new challenges between last month and this month that have been released. So there's more new challenges to find. So go find them, send them in and you might be the winner. That's but great. we also want to know what, what do you like about the show? What would you like to see differently? What would you like to see more of? Um, Sox and Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. I think it's great. I learned a lot about challenge caching. Maybe we can bring some of those to Michigan. Hey, yeah, I think they're fun. definitely popular and, you know, bring them, yeah, bring them everywhere. It was an amazing thing to move to Oregon and see how many there were around <laughs> our state. And I know other states have them too. And, yeah, socks. Uh, let's see what you do in the future for your community. It's awesome. And Amanda, sorry, Amanda, <laughs> I don't want to exclude you. <laughs> Any last thoughts, socks? No, just uh, get out there and keep working on challenges and earn those coins. Because who doesn't like to show off a, a shiny coin? A box of shiny coins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for all the opportunities over the years. And thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. So thanks for having, having us. us. All right. And we'll see you guys next month on April 2nd, the first Sunday of April. And remember, show notes will be posted shortly after the show airs in the video description on YouTube. Thanks, everyone. And good night.